Welcome to Relationship University. My name is Natalie Bloom, therapist and counselor specializing in young professionals. Each episode, you'll hear uncommon conversations with real people and take away psychological insights and tools to strengthen your relationship to dating, friendships, partners, and work. But most importantly, improving the relationship you have to yourself. Thanks so much for joining me and let's get it started. I really hope you love listening and learning from the podcast. And the podcast is not meant to be actual therapy or a substitute for a relationship with a mental health provider. So today on Relationship University, we're going to talk about hard to get. So this topic I know is not very well liked by a lot of people, and I personally love this concept. And so I was trying to figure out why do people dislike this idea so much? Because for me, this is a really helpful tool if used right to have a lot of success in dating. And it's one of the biggest tools that you can use. But I think that this the this tool or skill of hard to get is misunderstood. So what I did was I did a Google search and I found some definitions of hard to get. And then now I kind of understand a little bit more why people are not into it. So let me read you a couple quick definitions. So the Merriam-Webster dictionary says that hard to get is to pretend that one is not interested in having a romantic or sexual relationship with someone in order to make that person more attracted to one. The Cambridge Dictionary says that hard to get is to pretend that you are less interested in someone than you really are as a way of making them more interested in you, especially at the start of a romantic relationship. And then the Urban Dictionary, this is my least favorite one, says when a boy flirts with a girl, but the girl pretends to be uninterested in the boy to try to make the boy try harder to get the girl to like him. In most cases, it doesn't work, and the boy gives up and tries to find someone less conceited and arrogant than the girl. So there's a lot I don't love about that, (laughs) the use of the term boy and girl, also that it's gendered, so hard to get can happen. Coming from anybody, it doesn't matter who the person is. It's certainly not just girls. Anyhow, you you can see slash I can kind of see now why people are really resistant to this idea. So I'm here to talk to you about why this can be helpful to you. If you are someone who's dating and things have not been clicking, this might be interesting. Um, And this topic today is geared towards people looking for a relationship. So this might not be as applicable to someone looking for a hookup or maybe someone who's not really sure what they want. So just kind of an FYI. And and also, we just want to point out here, too, that discussing hard to get, I'm not saying that we should behave like we are disinterested in someone or uh, disengaged from someone or go to an extreme where, where we completely match someone else's text message rate. So if someone takes two hours to get back to me, I don't have to set a stopwatch and wait two hours to get back to them. Maybe sometimes I want to get back to them right away. Maybe I'm really excited and it's just natural for me to get back right away. That's totally okay. So 
I'm not talking about extremes, like be completely hard to get or don't be hard to get at all. I think this episode is going to be exploring ways that we can kind of find a balance with this and have hard to get in mind as a reference point to check in of how am I responding to people and in what way? And how do I create a dynamic that sets me up for the highest probability for dating success in connecting with someone that could be great for a relationship or the kind of relationship that I would like. This can also be a time to check in with yourself of what are the things that I do in my dating behavior that I think could be tweaked, things that are not received in the way that I would like it to be. So for me, I I have kind of an opposite issue when I'm single where sometimes I write people off a little bit too quickly, or I've done that in the past. My growth edge is to be more patient with people. And what I see a lot is that the opposite is happening, where um, people that are probably a lot nicer than me and a lot more patient than I am give people a lot of chances or don't read the dating room in a way where someone is actually not interested or they don't give enough space to allow somebody to pursue them. Take a moment to kind of check in and say, huh, am I usually the one who's driving the texting, the calling, the FaceTimes, the arranging and setting up dates? Or do I withdraw a little bit? Am I someone who could be more proactive? So that's maybe a first check-in. And if you're someone who falls in the camp of, you know, I, I tend to get back to people right away. I don't like to play games ever. Um, I am available, so I'm just going to be available. This might be interesting to see if we can expand the perspective. Another reason why people don't like the idea of hard to get is because it feels gamey. So a prime example of gamey is the book, The Game, the notorious pickup artist handbook. I can get the author to you later in the show notes. I read this book a couple years ago, and the reason why this book isn't the nicest at times is because there is an angle around manipulating others to fall for you in order to hook up with them without their awareness. It's not known for being the most genuine book about how to have a deep connection with someone else. However, part of the book talks about connection and social skills and how to bond quickly with people. So if, if those skills are used in the spirit of genuinely connecting with someone, you could even use tools from something like the Pickup Artist Handbook and use it in a way that's genuine and kind and caring to other people. So that's a similar thing with Hard to Get, where we're not doing this to manipulate anyone. We're not doing this to change you. We're looking at this as a potential tool to increase the chance that you're going to connect with somebody and maybe edit the way that you've been pursuing dating so far if that way has not gotten you what you would like to get. Another reason why hard to get feels yucky is because it implies that some people are hard to get and some people are not. There's almost a hierarchy feeling to it. There's like the cool people, the desirable people to date, and then the ones that aren't. So I disagree with this. I think that everybody is hard to get. And the reason for that is because we all are inherently valuable as human beings. And we all deserve to be valued and for people to love us and pursue us and to treat us well. So you might be someone who 
has more free time than others, but it doesn't mean that because you have more free time that you are a free-for-all for somebody to take that time from you. So hard to get can allow for some mindfulness and choice that you get to choose how you want to spend your time. It could also be an interesting question too of if I do perceive myself to be easy or have a lot of time or be totally free, that can be a check-in with myself of, oh, maybe I want to do more with my time. Maybe there can be something else I can learn. There's somewhere I want to go and explore. That could be another interesting but separate question independent of this topic of hard to get technique as it relates to dating. So let's go back to this concept about hard to get. So let's clarify that you are hard to get and you are a unique person in the world. Why should you be easy to get? No one has to be easy to get. No one has to tell themselves, I am this whatever person who doesn't have a life and is willing to take anything or anyone that's given to me, and that anyone can date me and spend my time and be my partner. So that's just not true. You are valuable inherently. You have unique qualities inherently. People tell me, well, I'm just a flawed average person. I'm I'm kind of weird. I don't look like a model. I'm not super successful by society standards. Why should I expect the best of someone if I myself am not the best? This is not not the nicest attitude to have towards yourself and also kind of putting other people on a pedestal. So if there is a way that you would like to improve, let's say that you think that it would be beneficial for your health to exercise more, that's great. But if you're not exercising, for example, and don't want to, you are still worthy. And there's going to be lots of people out there that are also not super into exercising, and it doesn't make someone more easy to get because you're not in the best shape of your life. I'm not saying that you know we should all think of ourselves like we're the best thing in the whole world because none of us are the best, but we're all inherently valuable. And we should not be treating ourselves and others like we're easy or like someone else is easy. Someone who treats themselves as a person of worth, which everyone is, every soul, is a person of worth, would not treat someone who just landed in their life when you have no idea who that person is as a priority. So when you just meet someone, for all you know, this stranger can be a criminal, they can have a heavy drug history, they can be someone who tends to be abusive, they could be talking to three, four, ten other people, and all those other people are more of a priority than we are. We just don't know. Until we take the time and care to find out and to get to know someone, we really don't know who the other person is. We want to discover who is this person that I'm talking to? Do they seem like they're interested in me? Am I interested in them? Are they asking me questions? Are they answering my questions that I ask them thoughtfully? Do they seem like they're present? Do they seem like they're putting in effort? Am I putting in effort? Are we both treating each other like we're valuable? So The hard-to-get method, so to speak, leaves space to try to assess that when you're dating. And assessing this while you're dating is really helpful because when we're dating, we we don't have unlimited time and energy and resources. We can get fatigued really easily. We wanna leave room so we can pay attention to how this person is responding to me rather than what I hope they're responding. 
this topic is for anyone and everyone because this is human dynamics. When we're dating someone, we need to take the time to assess who this person is and are they someone that I think could be a worthwhile and great fit to be a potential partner if that's what I'm looking for. A way for you to discover very quickly about what kind of effort someone is putting into the relationship is a technique I call the 50-50 rule. In dating, one person should not be putting way more than 50% of the effort in terms of the amount of texting, calling, and initiating plans, especially when you start off. So if I take on more than 50% of the dating effort between the two of us, then what will happen is that I'm not going to be able to see what kind of effort the other person is putting in because I'm taking over and putting on more than my portion of the dating responsibility on myself. I won't be able to see, does the other person come up to meet their 50% or are they only putting in a much smaller percentage of effort than I am? So when I decide to take over and I contact the person I'm dating much more than they're contacting me, I have no idea if the person is really into me and into us because I've taken over when the person could have shown me if he or, he, he or she or they are interested and to what extent. So it's information that I just don't get when I overly text or initiate. So things that we want to look out for when we are leaving room for someone else to show up for us is, is this person giving me the signals that they see my value as a person, or at least that they want to discover to see if we are a good fit? So again, I, see, I say value because we're all valuable. We all have something to offer, even if we're someone who's not crazy into hobbies, um, even if we're not in the best shape of our lives financially successful in the way that we would have hoped to by this time, Um, even if we're older, if we have kids, even if we're not sure of ourselves the way that we'd like to. We all have value and we all have something inside of us for someone else. The basic thing that needs to happen in a relationship is the desire to care for someone else and to connect and to show up. Everyone is a great candidate for that. And what happens is that people's anxiety about being worthy gets expressed through anxious texting and being easier to get than what's fair. And that really disrupts or ruins the dynamic because it basically puts the power into somebody else's hands. Another great thing about the hard to get lifestyle is that it's an amazing way to refocus on yourself. We've classically understood the hard to get concept as being a tool for the purpose of making ourselves seem more attractive to other people, and therefore it's other-focused. But this really misses the point. Being hard to get is really not for someone else. It's for you. It's a way to organize your dating life and your life as a whole. It's for you because you deserve to be engaging in your own life in a way that captures your own attention and feels good to you. If I prioritize my physical and mental health, let's say, if I'm focused on my interests, if I'm trying to grow personally, I'm, I, have a, I have a job or I'm seeking a job, I have family or friends, or I want to keep my place clean and organized, that's a lot of things that need to get done if I want to take care of myself before I prioritize someone that I've matched with right away. I will feel really good about myself for taking care of my life to the best of my ability 
if I make sure that I do good housekeeping, so to speak, like literally and then in other ways. And then when I do go, if it's a dating app, if I go to my phone and I get back to someone in a reasonable time and I've already achieved the things that I need to for that hour, then it's going to feel really good. The hard to get method is also a way to make sure that the new people that come into your life are treating you with the kindness, care, and desire for you to feel good in your new relationship with them. When someone treats you well, they have the opportunity to earn a high priority in your life. So if I've been dating someone and they're getting back to messages and they're they want to coordinate dates, and it doesn't mean that they have to do everything. I'm still going to be doing stuff too. But when there's a balance between two people that more or less are pursuing each other, then that's setting myself up for success to feel cared for, to feel desired, to have it be a reciprocal relationship. If someone's not putting in kind of a similar effort, then it's not fair that I just let anyone come into my life or come out of my life on their own terms. And the reason that it's not fair is because it's not their life and their choice. It's your life and you get to choose and be the gatekeeper of who comes in and out and to what extent. And that's fair. The fairness comes in because you're the one to decide who you want. And the other person can also equally decide, oh, do I want to come into this person's life? Am, am I interested? So the idea is not for you to be the one in control. It's for both people to share that control and discover, is this a good fit? When people feel like they, they want to exceed their 50% in effort and they think that that's innocent or not a big deal or something that they're doing for their own pleasure or benefit, sometimes they miss the downside of doing that. Something that people don't often see in themselves is that there are consequences to putting someone as a priority above other people and things in your life right away. I hear about how people change their plans with friends. Um, not They're not getting back to their professional phone calls or their family members that as a result of putting a new person that they're dating at the top of the list, that they're falling behind on other goals, like learning how to play the piano or practice their guitar on a regular basis, that their place is a mess, that they haven't worked out very much this week. Other things are falling behind when we're on our phone a lot. And people often tell me, I don't want to play games. I just I just want to get back to that person. It's It's too much work to wait and try to find the perfect time to get back to them so I can be quote unquote hard to get. But what is really happening in this context of getting back to someone so quickly? What what else is being missed or neglected in your life? So it's not only like, let me pretend that I'm busy when I'm not. I think everyone's busy. So if you're going to be someone who's going to take care of yourself, you're going to be a busy person. So unless you're superhuman and you get everything done so efficiently that you're magic, if that's the case, please reach out to me and tell me your secrets because I really want to know. But for most of us, there's a lot that needs to get done. And I know that's also my my growth area. I I have a hard time focusing and getting things done sometimes. So maybe that's maybe that's more about me than anyone else. So I know that during COVID, you might not feel as busy, but I think that this could even be applied during COVID. So if you're in a job transition, then the question might be, am I focused on looking for a job? Am I networking? Am I volunteering? Am I reading? Am I doing things 
for personal growth that could have the potential for being meaningful for me? Or is there a new skill I wanted to try? Another thing that could be happening is that anxiety and depression has been making it hard for me to engage in my life in other ways. Hence, something that's a little bit easy like dates on a phone, it, it might be tempting to kind of go there and focus on that versus other things that might be harder to do. And if that's the case, then it could be interesting to to see, you know, do I want to reach out for help? Um, am I going to see a therapist, a coach, or reaching out to people I know I can count on for support, like a sibling or a friend? Am I focusing on the things that I want to focus on in this precious short-ish life that I have the opportunity to live? Hard to get stuff leaves the room to to ask, how am I spending my life and my time? And do I want to prioritize someone who's new, who I don't know yet, who hasn't showed me necessarily that they're into me or that they're treating me the way that I want or that they're even just a good fit inherently? Am I focusing on them and why in the time that I have to live in this life? Something else to be aware of when we're being mindful in dating and dating communication is that when someone can sense that they're my priority right away before they've made me a priority, then that creates a power dynamic from the start that they get the message that they can access me anytime they want. And what that does is it makes me seem like I'm someone who's less valuable. That's because we do find value in things that are rare. So if I saw hundreds of diamonds on the ground, uh, I don't know if we would bother to pick it up. But if people are spending hundreds or thousands of dollars on diamond jewelry, that's because it's rare. If you see a penny on the floor, maybe you'll pick it up or maybe you won't. But it's not like, oh my God, this is so exciting. There's a gift that you give another person by being rare. So being rare, it gives the other person the opportunity to wonder about you and to miss you. And that's a blessing. So the reason why it's a blessing is because by being a little scarce, you're allowing the person you're dating to have an emotional experience. You know that feeling of butterflies in your stomach when you get a text from someone that you like and are excited about? So the person who makes themselves more available actually gets the joy of feeling excited when the other person who's less available gets back to them. But the person on the receiving end of someone who is making themselves super available, misses out on the excitement of wondering, waiting, and then the butterflies and sparks. So in essence, you are giving the other person a gift by being hard to get. You're allowing that person to be excited about you. So it's a gift both ways. The gift is that if I get back to someone in a reasonable amount of time, so it's not too fast, then I'm giving the other person the joy of being excited to hear from me, I'm giving myself the gift of treating myself as a person who's valuable because you are valuable. And people find value in things that are a little bit more rare. And you're allowing yourself to be rare. And in other aspects of your life, you are rare. You're a talented, skilled, or passionate person. Or maybe you're a really gentle and kind person. Or you're someone who treats others with kindness and respect. That's all very valuable. So you are treating yourself like you are valuable by not over-prioritizing this one new person in your life that creates a dynamic where you become valuable, you feel valued, and then the person on the other end is going to treat you well. 
If you're not available all the time, that's something that will inherently create interest. And with that interest, we want to treasure it. So when we treasure something, we want to put effort into it and make it special. For example, if we care about someone, we might want to plan a date ahead of time with them or choose an activity that the the, the two of us like or check in to make sure that both people are comfortable with the COVID safety boundaries. A person is more like to, likely to respect your boundaries in general and respect themselves when both people are conducting themselves with self-respect. So if I'm not on my phone all the time, I'm not getting back to someone all the time because I'm engaged in my own life, then the person is also not responding to you all the time and they have the opportunity to disengage from their phone and re-engage in their own life too. So if we get a little existential here, how would it feel to get to the end of your life in 100 years from now, let's say, and think, wow, I spent it on my phone. I gave hours and hours, weeks, months, or even years to somebody or a series of people who ended up not really caring about me because I was getting back to that person so frequently that I couldn't really uh, see if the person was into me in the first place. Do we all of a sudden give all our time to somebody before they've shown us that they're also giving time to us? So what happens when there's a mutual click and two people are equally into each other? When we find a great click and and things are working and it's a really great connection, we will probably naturally want to spend a lot of time together. And in that case, we might prioritize that person over other things and people and our job and hobbies and things like that might go to the wayside. You know, for example, I'm definitely someone who's a little bit more independent, but when I get into a relationship, I can definitely focus in on that one person. And I, I've had the tendency in the past to disappear a little bit, especially at the beginning. And my friend Maya and I joke about how we give each other like the first six months of the relationship to kind of disappear for a little bit. Um, when either of us is in a new relationship and it's kind of a little joke that we have and that's to be expected. And at the same time, it's not totally okay in a sense, if we leave the friendships and family behind that were there for us when we were single. So there's something to consider where it's like, we don't want to totally disappear. We want to really continue the community that we've built when we were single. Why lose out on that? And It's not really fair to them as well. What I'm talking about is being balanced and healthy, both for yourself and also for the other person and the other people in your life. In conclusion, you are a valuable person and you deserve to treat yourself with a lot of self-respect when you're dating. And one of the ways to do that is to keep in mind the concept of hard to get, not to be impossible to get, not to play games, but to be egalitarian and fair to yourself and the other person to help to assess, is this person into me? Am I into them? Are we into each other? And for it to be an equal back and forth of getting to know each other without letting that take over your life, without taking over the experience but still engaging with with the person that you're dating or the people that you're dating in a way that is more mindful, in a way that is more healthy, 
and in a way where you're choosing it rather than operating in a dating default that maybe hasn't been working as well as you would like it to. So that's all I have for today. There's a lot more to talk about in this topic. So thank you so much for spending this time with me and have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening and for your openness to a new way of thinking about hard to get. This version of hard to get is all about balance rather than extremes. Being balanced in our dating approach helps us to make sure that we're treating ourselves and others as people of value. And as it turns out, it can make the whole dating process even more thrilling, fun, and respectful when we approach dating with this kind of intention versus taking a little bit more of an impulsive and less mindful approach. I am constantly evolving and know that I might have a different perspective in five or 10 years, but I thought it might be worthwhile to share some of these things that I have found to work really well, and I'm so glad to have this platform to share a slightly different view with you. This is Natalie Bloom, excited to continue the conversation with you and remembering that through awareness comes connection, and I will talk to you soon. I hope you had a great time listening. Again, just a friendly reminder that the podcast is for informational purposes only. Relationship University is not intended to be a substitute for psychological, psychiatric, or medical advice, or diagnosis and treatment, or actual psychotherapy with a therapist or psychologist. If you're desiring or needing mental health support, please seek the advice of your medical provider or other qualified mental health professionals. If you think this may be a mental health emergency, please call your doctor or 911 immediately or go to your local emergency room. Life can be challenging sometimes and everyone goes through tough things. And I hope you're seeking professional support from your own personal therapist if that's something that you think would be beneficial to your life. I appreciate your time to listen to this and take care. Mm -hmm.